Today, that's really the title of the message, is Light of the World, if you're taking notes. Light of the World. That's your responsibility, it's my responsibility. In fact, here's the main thought, if you were going to, um, if you're taking notes and you wanted to drill in on one main thought today, is this. Darkness will be expelled in your world to the extent that you shine your light. It is impossible for darkness to be where light is. Light always wins. Right? It's, it's impossible for darkness to be where light is. Light always wins. And so, uh, if, if darkness is in a, an environment, it really just means that light hasn't shown up yet. Right? And so this is an exciting time for us as the body of Christ to show up big in, in our families, to show up big in our workplaces, to show up big in our church, in our community. This is incredible. Now, don't, get, don't be afraid of darkness. Just show up. Just show up, because you're the light of the world. Hey, the, our main text, if you, if you haven't figured it out, if you're a Bible thumper, Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14, says this. Jesus is talking, and he says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light sh so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This, this passage is, is taken right toward the beginning of, a, of one of the most famous sermons, one of the best sermons of all time. One, I mean, one of the best preachers ever to walk the planet, Jesus Christ himself. The Sermon on the Mount, if you've heard it. Started off with the Beatitudes, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, and then it goes into this little place where he starts, he says, you're the salt of the earth, and he says, you're the light of the world. And that's where this is taken out of, and uh, the right on, on the Sermon on the Mount. It's really, this Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is this whole sermon where he's preaching. It, it's really like Jesus' declaration to the, of the kingdom. It, we have the declaration of independence. Jesus had the declaration of the kingdom. The, the communists had the, the communist manifesto. I mean, this is what it's all about. I've heard some people call it, uh, if you're familiar with a man named Mike Bickle in Kansas City, he calls this Christianity 101. That, that's, that's what it is, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. This is, if you were to boil it all down, if you were to boil every teaching that Jesus would ever preach, it, at some level, it's this. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And so right out of this, we get, we get these few verses about being the light of the world. It was, uh, the, the whole Sermon on the Mount was a radically different agenda than what the nation of, of Israel expected from the Messiah. 
They they were they were expecting you know this this political message and, and uh, they were expecting you know material blessings and all of this stuff. They wanted a king to come in and and uh, deliver them from the oppression of Rome and all this. And that's not what what Jesus was about. Jesus was coming with this with this famous sermon to really preach about this about what would it look like if the rule of Jesus was in our lives. What would it look like if if Jesus was able to show up powerfully in you and me, and, and that's what this whole Sermon on the Mount was about, was us showing up and living a Christian life and not just doing good things, but what if the light of the world was exposed in your life? In my life. That's what Jesus was, was, was talking about, what the whole foundation of this message was about. And so it wasn't as much a sermon about salvation as it was directed to those who were already Christians already disciples, and it was about how to live this radical Christian life. And so number one, number one is this, the light is in us. If you call yourself a follower of Christ, if you've accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you've done sign on the dotted line, right? And, and, and you've got your ticket to heaven, your fire insurance, your get-out-of-hell-free card. If, you're, if that's you, if that's me, the promise is this, you have the light in you. It's already there. It's already in you. Matthew 5.14, he declared it. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. It is both a great compliment as well as a great responsibility. Isn't that true? Well, thank you, Jesus, for calling me the light of the world. That makes me, I, I, feel, I feel better now. But it's also a great responsibility. It's one that we can't take lightly. You are the light of the world is a phrase that that phrase "you are the light of the world" was a phrase used by uh, by people to describe some famous rabbis in Jewish culture. That the, these rabbis, these these religious leaders, that they somehow were the light of the world. And so in that culture, Jesus was pushing back not only darkness, he was pushing back ideology and pushing back theology, and he was saying, "Guess what? To all of you that are my followers." As Jesus was talking to you and to me, he's like, it's not just about the, the, you know, the sage on the stage. It's not about the holy man up front. He's like, guess what? You're the right of the world. You are. You have a responsibility to show up powerfully in your spirit of influence. I love it. I love how Jesus took it away from it just being about him. And how many know it's about Jesus? But he was like, hey, greater things than these will you do. He's like, all of us. He's like, I put my light in you so that you would show up powerfully in your family and in your relationship. Jesus didn't challenge them to become the one. He said that they already were. This wasn't a process of 12 steps to become the light. It was a declaration that you already are it. You have it. We're either fulfilling or failing in that God-given responsibility. There's no in between. You either are fulfilling this call of being the light, or you're failing it. And I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to shoot at anybody or make you feel bad or anything. It is what it is. Right? You get a choice. You get a powerful choice this morning to decide, am I going to show up and turn on the light? Now, obviously, we don't have light apart from Jesus. It's only possible we walk through the cross. But part of our role as followers of Jesus is that we're light carriers. And light bearer. Here's number two. The light isn't automatic. 
Man, I wish it was. I wish I wish all I had to do is just just walk someplace, just be. And and it to an extent it is, but watch this. It's I have to be aware of the light that's in me and I have to intentionally let my light shine. But if it was automatic, then we wouldn't have an issue with darkness in the world. There's there's millions and millions, I don't know how many, there's a, a billion over a billion Christians, I don't know how many, there, there's lots of us out there that would say that we've got a ticket to heaven. And so if it was just about being, man, then we wouldn't have a problem with darkness. Because some of us, even in this church, even sometimes myself, that we just don't intentionally let our light shine. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. In other words, you can choose not to. His command was, let your light shine. Which meant that they could decide to not let it shine if they wanted to. Jesus wouldn't have told us that we're the light of the world and then encouraged us to let our light shine if it was automatic. It's not automatic. Christ never preached the production of secret Christians. Right? Christ didn't preach the, this, this whole deal like, hey, you know what, it, this, is a, this is a private thing. You accept Jesus and, and keep it to yourself. Let this be a private thing between maybe you and your spouse, maybe you and your kids. But sure, just keep this secret. No, he says, this is personal, but it's not private. Well, we're not producing secret Christians here. We're producing people that are going to let their light shine. A city on a hill can't be hidden. Let it shine, people. That's what Jesus is all about. Not secret Christianity. We're not only light receivers, but we're light givers. It, it's not just about us. I, I like the saying that it's about us, but not all about us, right? You have to be a good receiver. How many know you have to be a good receiver? You, you can't be a good giver if you're not a good receiver. Why? You can't give what you don't have. You gotta be a good receiver, but man, you gotta be a good giver. We've gotta be good light givers here. I'm going to have my friend Matt come up and he's going to, he's going to share for Can you do it in a minute and a half? <laughs> yeah. He just had the opportunity. Some of you are going to, going to just walk out the door when I say this, right? <laughs> he went to a corn concert. But this is one of our prophets of the house. This is a man that's a light parody and goes where there's darkness. Um, Alright, this goes on to what Kay was saying actually as well. Uh, went to this corn concert, there's a couple thousand people there. Um, at the end of the show, uh, there's 20 of them waiting outside. You know, it's 12 30 in the morning, 30 degrees out, it's cold. Brian and I, Brian's a guitarist from corn now, and uh, him and my dad and I uh, go out and uh, he basically preaches to them, uh, gives them a, a testimony. About 10 of the, the 20, so 50% give their life to Christ that night. And then uh, my dad and I began to prophesy over people. And we just said, are you tired of listening to what the world has to say about you? And instead, would you rather hear what God has to say about you? Real simple, right? Because what we learned was that they don't, they're not freaked out by the supernatural. The churches, they're not. So they're hungry. They're like, yeah, tell me what God has to say about me. And we've said things just, I mean, when it's coming out of our mouth, they're freaking out because of what it means to them. They're explaining, they're interpreting the prophecy or the prophetic word to me as I give it to them. Brian's over there wanting to be involved in the whole thing. But the very last one was the most amazing one. She came up, she was talking to Dad, she said uh, about three years ago she was homeless uh, and tried to kill herself. 
and she saw Brian Head Welsh uh, first time uh, in concert about three years ago in Kearney, Nebraska. Okay? We put on that show. The church was part of putting on that show. I don't think Gay is here. I didn't see her this morning. But Gay Tillerson, the collage, was the main reason why Brian came in here. That night we had 12 people get saved. Okay? This lady was almost tried to kill herself, could not cut her wrist because God wanted to let her. The knife wanted to cut. She goes to that show and her life changes. And then she meets me again three years later on a street corner in Denver. And I'm prophesying to her there. And she goes, Oh, I know what you mean. This is what happened. You know? So that's that light in that world thing, that, that thing where we lead them today. We don't know what the testimony is going to be like tomorrow. They're going to be the light that shines tomorrow. Amen. I dare you to be the light of the I dare you to show up. And some of you aren't going to be able to do it just like Matt does it. Uh, but wherever you're at, show up right. Jesus, uh, and here's, here's the, uh, the third thing. The light needs us. Number three. The light needs us. And this is similar to number two, but it's different because you, you got to hear this. Jesus claimed to be the light. How many know that Jesus was the light of the world? That's a big deal. In fact, John 8, 12, this is what it says. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me uh, shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It goes on in, in the next chapter, John chapter 9. This is what Jesus said. Watch this. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In other words, this is what he was saying. When Jesus left the earth, it, 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 it ceased to be his responsibility to be the light of the world. He says, as long as I am here on this earth, I'm the light of the world. When he ascended into heaven, it ceased to be his responsibility. In fact, it became our responsibility to pick up where he left off. That's what Jesus was saying. And so, as much as we want to say, well, you know, he's Jesus and he can do it, and, and you know what, if I don't show up, somebody else will, or if I don't show up, Jesus, he's going to just get him somehow. The, the fact of the matter is this, you and I have a responsibility, and if we don't do it, it's just going to keep getting darker. The problem isn't the darkness in the world, the problem is the lack of light. This whole thing about us being the light of the world, watch this, is, it, it isn't just theory. This isn't just a good good idea. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not another one of those biblical mysteries left to theologians to figure out for centuries. This isn't, this isn't complicated. This light of the world thing, it, this is what it's all about. It's actually, there's a pretty clear how in here. Some of you are like, well, how do I be the light of the world? It's pretty clear. Watch this, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. He didn't leave us hanging. He said, here's how. Let, let them see your good works. It, this is absolutely a prayer thing. This absolutely happens when you're on your knees, when you're in your prayer closet. This happens at prayer meetings. This happens in the prayer room and all that stuff. It is all about being made in prayer. But there is something about you actually doing something good in this world. There's something about you actually saying, Jesus, what's my role? What's my responsibility? How do I show up in my workplace? How do I show up in my family that, that's just uh, defeated and, and full of darkness? How do I show up in my community? How do I talk to this friend? Well, what's my role in this church? What's my role in this life? Because 
It is about prayer, but it's also about doing. And, and there's this there's this partnership. That in fact, the Bible calls it co-laboring. This is where, where God does his part and I do my part. It's where in a partnership with the Holy Spirit, we get to invade darkness. So what's your role? What are you supposed to do? Your role isn't necessarily always going to be like mine where I get to preach. Your role isn't always going to be the, where you're the guitarist on the stage. Maybe your role is that you're loving your kids the best that you can and showing up. We show up great outside of our home sometimes. And then we're a bunch of darkness in our home. Right? I mean, does your does your spouse think that you're the light of the world? Do your children think that you're the light of the world? Right? I'm saying that to myself. I found out last week sometimes I'm not. And so this is an opportunity for you to examine and say, Lord, where do I need to show up and be the light of the world? Because it is about prayer, but it's not all about prayer. Sometimes we have to get off our knees and go do it. It's a big deal. That's what happened the last three nights at Spirit of Life Church. Because this church showed up and became the light of the world, became the light of climbing. And I'm so proud of you guys and proud of this church. And we're going to celebrate together. We're going to have KFC afterwards, and you guys can eat food. We're going to have some, some tours where some of you maybe have never seen what the light of the world looks like when Spirit of Life puts on Fall Fest, and you can walk through this tour. I, I want to encourage every single one of you that haven't had a chance to do it. Just walk through. Just see. What have they been doing for the last five years? Just check that out. I want to read one last couple paragraphs here, and then we're going to stand and pray and be out. Watch this. The job of the church is not to impact the church, but to impact the world. It's like a huddle in a Nebraska football game. i got your attention now. 90,000 people don't pay an average of $142 a ticket to watch the Huskers huddle. I've heard that's a cheap ticket. What if you went to a, a Husker game and for two and a half hours you watched 11 men stand in a circle and talk? That's not what you pay for. 90,000 people pay $142 a ticket to see what difference the huddle makes. What they want to know is, having called the play in secret, does it work in public? The challenge for the church is not what we do when we call our Sunday morning huddle, but what do we do when we break our huddle and head into our Sunday morning assignment? When Satan lines up against us, what difference does it make that we're Christians? Does the play that's called the secret work in public? That's our challenge as a church. You guys know me. And I, I'm, I love going deep and doing all the supernatural stuff and praying and seeing things happen and all this stuff. And I was talking to the Lord about this, and I just realized, you know what? And I was blessed by a Richard Song who preached at our church last week. When he said, you know what? The gospel isn't based on Christianity. It's a deep well. Isn't doesn't that preach? I'll preach every single I used to just think, oh my goodness, you know what? That's just that's just the basic Christianity. Let's get to the deep end. And I love it. One of the deepest guys that I know, Richard Song, and he's like the gospel. It isn't the it isn't just the milk, it's the meat. The gospel is a deep well that we have to mine, and that's what we did this weekend. Just the gospel, baby. Just the gospel. Let's see. I'm just going to pray over us right now. Would you just, maybe just, if you're comfortable with it, put your hands in front of you, just in a receiving mode right now. Just say, Lord, whatever you got, I want it. Lord, right now, over this room, I just thank you for every person at the sound of my voice, 
every child, every woman, every man, adult. Lord, those that have gray hair, those that have no hair, Lord, all of us in this room right now. Lord, I just ask that you would take us deeper, farther, higher, faster. Lord, that the gospel would be so rooted in our lives that we can't help but let it just exude out of us. Lord, right now, I just ask that, that all of us who are light carriers and, and light bearers, Lord, that in this room right now, that you would show us our assignment, that we would show up powerful in the world around us. And Lord, I just thank you for what you did the last three nights. And Lord, would you seal that in the hearts of people that came through? Lord, would you show us even as a church how to even uh, be a bigger light in this world? We love you. And because of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I love you guys. Just a, just some instructions. Right outside this door right here is where the, the tours are going to start. Uh, would you, before you go, would you just would you yeah. do a tour for me? Would you say, okay, yeah. Pastor John, I'm going to Would you do that? And then when you're down with the tour, you'll actually come out here and you'll end up in heaven. You like that? I'm not saying my, my daughter's like, I don't want to go to heaven yet. I'm like, well, no, it's, it's, not, it's not real. And, and then you're gonna come out here, and we're gonna have we're gonna have food. We have KFC here, and, and everyone's like Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? Mm-hmm. You guys can stay, stay, and we can celebrate together the win of the weekend, and we can eat and have fun and fellowship. So, all right, get out of here.